Today's scripture reading is from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. United Methodists are part of a global church. Here in the United States, we are gathered into 50 different conferences. Ebenezer Church is part of the Virginia Conference. And the 1,100 plus churches of the Virginia Conference are governed and led by our bishop, Bishop Sharma Lewis. We are further aligned as 1,100 churches into 16 different districts. Ebenezer is part of the Rappahannock River District. Our district superintendent is the Reverend Dr. Charles Ludlam Bates. This week, Bishop Lewis asked that we welcome our district superintendent to come and preach, not just here at Ebenezer, but across the over 80 churches in our district. And district superintendents are preaching at the 1,100 plus churches across the conference today. I'm grateful for our leaders in a difficult time. I'm grateful for Dr. Bates and his willingness to share the word with us. But here's why I'm really excited about today. Because the Church of Jesus Christ isn't just happening in in your living room at home or, or in the Stafford community or because of this congregation. Today in 80 churches across this area, 1,100 plus churches across this state, 50,000 churches across the United States, United Methodists, just United Methodists, a small segment of the universal church are gathering to sing praises to God, to hear God's word proclaimed. Today we are reminded that we are part of the universal church, bringing glory to Jesus Christ. So welcome with me, Reverend Dr. Charles Ludlam Bates. Uh, As your district superintendent, I have not hesitated to boast that you are are the best clergy and laity in the Virginia Annual Conference. I say this all the time uh, uh, because I believe it deep in my heart. I want to begin um, talking to you this morning about love, obedience, and faithfulness. Love, obedience, and faithfulness. In the 5th century A.D., St. Augustine wrote about the four states of humanity. First, he talked about humanity living according to the flesh. And then he talked about recognition of sin through the law. He goes on to talk about faith in the help of God. And then lastly, he talks about the fall and perfect peace in God. This we find harmony 
with Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the person of Jesus Christ, we see now far, how far we have departed from God. Augustine adds, the will of humanity is always free, even and particularly when it can no longer will to do evil on court. If we look at this text that was read today for us, just a brief overview, we'll see that this discourse takes place at the Last Supper in chapter 13. And it represents Jesus' attempt to prepare the disciples for what is coming. He begins by emphasizing belief, and then he shifts to an emphasis of love, belief and love. In verse 15 through the 24th, Jesus introduces two ideas. First, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus links love to obedience. It is tempting to talk about God's love without mentioning the duty to obey. The fact is, we need to preach the linkage between love and obedience. Second, he says, I will pray to the Father that he will give you another counselor, that he may be with you forever. I will not leave you as orphans. This is Jesus' promise to give us the Holy Spirit who will become God's presence with us on a daily basis. The Father will give you another comforter. If you love me, keep my commandments, verse 15. If you love me. This passage begins and ends, verse 15 and verse 21, by tying love to obedience. Our obedience to sin Excuse me, our obedience is a sign of our love. Obedience is a sign of our love. In John's gospel, faithfulness to Jesus, to Jesus' words, is a defining mark of our discipleship. Keep my commandments. Keep your means to do or to fulfill. Commandments is in the pool. In this gospel, Jesus has given the disciples three commandments. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also should watch one another's feet. In chapter 13. Still in chapter 13, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is agape love. That Jesus commands. He commands us to love. It is not a sentimental feeling. Because sentimental feeling cannot be commanded. But loving action can be commanded. Don't let your hearts be troubled. The third one. You believe in God. Believe in me. 14.1 The commandments to love and to believe are open-ended. In contrast to most Torah laws, which are very specific, they are very specific. 
it is easy to judge whether we have been faithful to the Torah law prohibiting, for instance, adultery. But how can we know whether we have fulfilled the demands of love or the demands of faith? Jesus' commandments require us to allow him to reshape our lives. For he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That he will abide with you forever. This is the spirit that descended on Jesus at his baptism in John 1.32. This is the first time Jesus uses the word helper. So the shift from spirit to helper is very significant for us to understand. In the opening chapters of the gospel, the spirit descended from heaven like a dove and remained upon Jesus like a baptism. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells Nicodemus that unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. God is Spirit. It is the Spirit who gives life. And so if God is Spirit, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But the tone changes when Jesus begins to speak about the Spirit in chapter 14. The emphasis shifts to the help that the Spirit will render to the disciples. The helper will be with the disciples forever, 14:16. The helper will teach you, the disciples, all things and will remind you what I said to you. The helper will testify of me. It is the disciples, it is to the disciples' advantage that Jesus goes away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Chapter 16, verse 17. Helper can mean a lawyer who pleads your case or a witness who testifies on your behalf. It can refer to a person who gives comfort, counsel, or, or, or strength in time of need. It can refer to a person who comes to the aid of someone who is in danger. The literal meaning is someone called in to help in time of need. Helper has been translated as advocate, counselor, comforter, and intercessor. But each of those expresses only one facet of what it means to be a helper. There is full richness in its, in, in its various uh, meaning. Some English uh, language Bible use the word paraclete, which is not an English word, but a translation of the Greek word. The problem is that most people today do not know what a paraclete is. So using the word paraclete 
without explanation wouldn't communicate clearly to most readers. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as another paracletus. The implication being that if Jesus says another, it means that Jesus is the helper. I will refer to you, I will give you another. That means Jesus is. Jesus makes this reference of the Holy Spirit. The implication is that he is. However, as the helper, Jesus is limited at this point by his incarnation, meaning by time and space. He can be only in one place at a time. It can help only a limited number of people at a certain time. Moreover, he is moving toward his glorification, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. So he will be leaving the disciples and this grieves their hearts. The new helper will be with all the disciples everywhere and will be with them forever. Even though the spirit helper is coming to help us on earth, Jesus continues to serve as our helper in heaven. For in John, uh, 1 John 2, 1 says, And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus was still advocate for us. The Holy Spirit is then understood as this helper from heaven, supporting and representing the disciples in the face of a hostile world. This must have been welcome news for the Jordanian church, which was suffering persecution and had to feel some sense of abandonment by Jesus when he says, I will leave you. Jesus is interceding for us. And this is the truth. The word was in the world, the cosmos. And the world cosmos was made through him, according to John 1.10. The world loves the darkness rather than the light, for their works are evil. The world rejects the truth because they have chosen to follow the devil, a liar. And yet, even though they're in darkness, the word is in darkness, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How is it that this world could be in so much darkness and evil, but yet and still God will give God's only son so that we might have life and have it more abundantly? Why this verse acknowledge it? acknowledges God's love for the earth, for the world, it also tells us that it is a world doomed to perish apart from belief in Jesus Christ. You know him because he lives with you and he will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. Just as we know orphans to be fatherless, motherless, the disciples now are about to be without Jesus. 
And so you say, I will not leave you as orphans. So when we think about that, what are we thinking? He said he would come again. Is it Jesus' resurrection appearance? The coming, the second coming? Which does it make reference to? Most scholars agree that this coming is fulfilled by Jesus' post-resurrection appearance. The you is the plural. So Jesus makes this promise to the community of faith. You, I'm coming to you. It's a community of faith. However, there's no reason to believe that Jesus will not come to us as individual believers as well. Yet a little while, and the world will see you no more. But I, but rather you will see me. Likewise, the world that prefers darkness cannot see Jesus Christ because their eyes have been blinded by the truth, blinded by poor choices. It is only through the eyes of faith that we can see Jesus Christ. Earlier, Jesus warned, yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness does not overtake you. But yet and still the world chooses otherwise. My friends, I pray that God will bless us as a people, that we will love, that we'll be faithful, that we'll be obedient to the word of Jesus Christ. Our church is traumatized right now. And because it is traumatized, beliefs are beginning to shift. Love is becoming distant. Faithfulness. I talk about faithfulness. We have seen faithfulness. But I pray that we will not let it disappear. God, through Jesus Christ, is with us. And I pray that we'll not lose that faith. In the Old Testament era, the test of faithfulness was obedience to the law. In the New Testament era, the test of faithfulness is obedience to Jesus' commandments. We must obey the command. Keeping Jesus' command and loving Jesus. Two conditions so interdependent that Jesus binds them together as if they were one. Love and obey. I pray to you, pray to God for you on the Rappahanna River District that we will continue to love, that we'll continue to be obedient to the authority given to us, and that we'll continue to be faithful in the work to which we have been called to serve. The church at its best is a community of love, and so let us continue to love. May the peace of Christ be with us, not just this day, but the days ahead of us. Amen.